Adventure Presentation. Welcome back to another untitled TIFF review for 2023. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside, he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I said another TIFF 23 review, but this is our first or, one. <laughs> you're like, you're, you're like, putting the horse before, uh, <laughs> the cart before the horse. Yeah. So. We are sitting on Festival Street. If you hear a little uh, salt and pepper in the background, it's because there's construction going on. The street's closed. There's food trucks that are probably going to open soon. People are sitting around us on picnic tables. We're in front of the Hyatt Regency Toronto on Festival Street, and we are reviewing the TIFF opening night film by Miyazaki, The Boy and the Heron, a new Studio Ghibli film. Eric, how are you doing? Matt, it's day two of the festival. This is officially our first review. Yeah. Uh, this was also the uh, opening uh, film uh, for TIFF this year, which I think for a lot of people um, was very exciting and maybe the, the most anticipated film of this festival in particular. I, I think so. I think one of the most anticipated openers for sure of yeah. the last probably ever. ever. <laughs> maybe I, score a hockey musical. Yes, exactly. I remember Looper people being pretty excited for yeah. when Ryan Johnson's Looper uh, premiered, but uh, this one was different. It was the first animated film to ever open TIFF, right? I think. Yeah. Did they say it was the first foreign that doesn't make sense. International, like international film? Maybe international and animated yeah, together. Maybe. But I thought it was the first animated, so that wouldn't matter. But so I remember someone saying that, but I'm like, that doesn't sound right, but maybe it is. It's usually a Canadian film or something like that, Like right? score a hockey musical. Yeah. <laughs> I went to that opening night party, man. I, I, I won tickets to the opening night party of score a hockey musical. Never saw the movie. I did see lots of it when I worked at Cineplex, when I had to clean theaters and things like that. But enough about that. Today we are talking about... The boy and the heron. Uh, Eric, you just... Actually, before we do that, I just want to let everyone know who's listening. Um, this looks like it stopped. Did it? I don't know. Oh, do you want to stop it? <laughs> Never mind, we're good. Uh, <laughs> first review, everyone. Yeah. Uh, what I was saying is that... Uh, we're At our be best. It'll be our yeah, best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're doing audio-only reviews for TIFF just because... You know, it just makes way more sense. Doing video reviews are going to be hard during the festival, but I think I like I like the atmosphere around our TIFF reviews that we're doing them on the street. We got little uh, new microphones this time, so we should either, I don't know, sound better or the same. I don't know. We used to record on two phones. Now we only have to record on one, but this is all uh, stupid. Uh, you guys don't care. Uh, but what I mean is like we'll have... The reviews will be up quicker on audio, like on podcast services. They will go up on YouTube at a like further date or when I have time to actually put them up there, but they're not going to have video on them anyway. I just put them up there for you know more exposure for people on YouTube uh, looking for things. So uh, remember to be right here, Untitled Movie Reviews. Eric and I will have reviews from TIFF uh, for the next probably couple weeks, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, but we should have two to three every day or... Uh, between one and three every day, I think, over the next 10 days at least. So, uh, Eric, let's get right into it. You just got out of The Boy and the Heron. I saw it last night at the premiere. You saw it at the PNI this morning. So I'm going to kick it over to you first. Uh, what do you think? Well, Matt, let me give, me, let me give you, let me give me. Uh, it's, I've, I've been up since 4 a.m., guys, <laughs> for this movie specifically. Uh, so the first P&I screening uh, was this morning, and it was at 9 a.m., and I honestly felt that I needed to be there as early as I could possibly be 
because it was almost reminding me of like the way that you remember like when uh, the Star Wars prequels were coming out where people were camping outside the movie theater sure. to see it. The tickets have been very hard to get at uh, yeah. most of the screenings. So, um, you know, going to that screening this morning, I got there at 4.57. I took an Uber uh, and there were two people in front of me in the, in the unofficial line uh, before getting into the official line, uh, which started at 8.15. Um, so it's, it's been one of those mornings where it's just like, it's a series of, 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 of lines. And then also the anticipation of the movie, because, you know, this is Miyazaki returning after he uh, officially retired with the wind rises, but then he decided to pull a Steven Soderbergh and come back, uh, for what I think is a really beautiful, uh, epilogue and meditation on his career as a filmmaker and the legacy he's leaving behind, but also telling generations to come that I think it's okay for you to deconstruct it and create your own and not necessarily continue to, you know, use my, my career as the foundation for your own. You have to create something new for yourself. And so this story revolves around this, you know, young kid, uh, at the beginning, a the tragic act. boy. Yes, the titular boy, uh, sadly, uh, comes into tragedy. Him and his father, this is during uh, World War II, um, moved to the country, and his father's kind of moved on, and um, I'm not really spoiling too much We're here. recording, Max, but come on over, yeah, Max, did you see? Max, did you see? Uh, you, you saw uh, the boy in the hair, didn't you? Came out of it. Would you yeah. like to cameo on a review? Sure. Yeah. This is Max Coville, everyone. How are you? Good, thank you. Uh, how? It's so great to see you. I love that it's <laughs> while we're recording. Yeah. Um. Uh. What's What's up, man? Not too much. Enjoying uh, Toronto. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Boy in the Heron? Uh, I thought it was like an ode to all his classic works. Uh, you could see a little bit of Castle in the Sky in it, certainly Spirited Away, and um, even, like, uh, Howl's Moving Castle, for sure. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. Eric, you, uh, you keep going, but... Uh... Yeah, so, I mean, I, I basically, the, the way I looked at it was, this is a man who's created this incredible legacy in this career, and you see that manifest in a tower, and the tower in the movie, I feel, represents Studio Ghibli and what he's <laughs> created, but he's also telling generations that have idolized him or that this tower that's been left there that you don't have to maintain it you can break it down and create your own things and we've come into a a place when it comes to pop culture where we're regurgitating the things that we grew up with you know 30 years ago in the same way that our parents generation and our grandparents generation did and we're giving those to the next generation and saying like the things that we like Mm -hmm. but i think it's time to move on from some of that stuff and it feels almost like miyazaki is saying that with it's like you can still like the work that i've done but you don't have to hold it cherish it in a way that it's like it's it's the bible or it's you know it's it's scripture in some sort of way you can make your own things and love them for what they are i like that interpretation and max feel free to stick around or we'll talk to you in a bit it's up to you um cool um yeah i love that interpretation because when i saw it last night i think i loved its animation i thought it was absolutely gorgeous 
Um, it made me yearn for the days of 2D animated films. Um, but I did think it was a wonderful epilogue to his career, to what you were saying. And like, I, uh, while I was often confused, Max, I had no idea what the fuck was happening. Um, I like your interpretation, Eric, and I never actually looked at it from that way until you brought it up this morning. Yeah, because he's basically the grand, there's a grand yeah. uncle in this. Yeah. He's kind of almost like, uh, if you look at it even as like a Wizard of Oz kind of thing, he's he's the wizard. Yeah. You know, the one that's behind the curtain creating this world and the characters that you'll see in kind of this dreamscape. Um, and, and I kind of feel like when you're watching it, he is contemplating and reconciling with his own career, but also his own interests when he was growing up as a kid. Um, and what Max was just saying, like, you can see a lot of those influences yeah. of his own work, but you know, he's not, he's not precious to it. And Miyazaki's never really been a nostalgic filmmaker. He's always kind of been one that looks back at certain eras but doesn't look at them in ways that are rose tinted you know you see beauty in certain moments but it's not necessarily saying that you know the world's a perfect place it's far from it so yeah no i absolutely agree yeah and i think i was just mesmerized by the whole thing and it does take a while to get going i feel like it's 45 minutes to an hour before it really kind of shows its hand which i don't think is a bad thing per se um, I think it's funny that it's being released by G-Kids, and not that Miyazaki's movies were ever really kids' movies. I always felt like they did appeal to both, you know, adults and kids, where this one I had a hard time going, will kids like this or be horrified by it or bored by it? Um, not that that really matters, um, but I think I was just mesmerized by the whole thing and in a trance. I like the weirdness of it. I like the wonderfully weird worlds that he creates, uh, the titular heron, uh, creepy but funny. What a um, dirty bird! Yeah, what a dirty old bird. Um, all the bird uh, weird ass birds in the movie. I think uh, I said bird watchers are gonna have a field day uh, loving this. But um, Max, feel free to jump in if you have anything else too. Yeah, I I was thinking about Eric's thoughts on it and how he wanted to tear it down and how the grandfather in the movie is almost like he wants to kind of preserve it for the next generation and he's, he's afraid and he, and he wants to hold on to that and um i don't know if if the lead character represents him or maybe it represents like other directors following in miyazaki's footsteps and like maybe they need to pave their own way um and make their own thing i mean certainly uh if you look at something like tales of earthsea uh that was that was one where that it was, it's it's universally disliked i guess in the ghibli canon but uh at, at least like it's like something that's not his and he's gonna encourage other filmmakers to go their own way yeah i love that and um i i'm curious now we heard um that last night on the red carpet that there's like oh no he's he might not be retired and that he might actually be working miyazaki's back <laughs> what's miyazaki doing yeah, here I, which uh would be interesting um but i do think like i said earlier that this is a almost like a perfect epilogue like i i kind of agree with you eric that like did he need to come back and do this after and like where you mentioned this already or was this off air that you were talking about this where you're like I don't know if I needed him to come back because uh, the uh, oh the wind, uh, rises, wind rises was, was I think a perfect, like a perfect that that I think is more of his swan song than this. Yeah. This almost feels like okay, I'm coming back one more time because I wanted to add this little extra button here and talk about 
that legacy and what I'm leaving behind and whether or not you need to follow it. And I think like there's it's such a fascination with, you know, his career as a filmmaker and even, you know, it's 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 easy to criticize or make fun of his son as well, you know, that nepotism sure. aspect of it is you know, and him following directly in the footsteps, but but Studio Ghibli as a whole is it's such like it, it, it's a mark of quality. And when you when you see that logo come up, um, you know people cheer and people clap, and you know that you're going to be taken away into a world where, you know you're you're going to see something original. And and I you know you look at where we are now with animation. A lot of it is even the good stuff. You know, Spider versus IP, right? It's it's yeah. it's all being regurgitated. Yeah. And sometimes it's done in a clever way, but then. You look at what like classic dis what's happening with the classic Disney movies now. They're they're being uh, remade, remade into in live, live action, action movies, yeah. quote unquote, for the Lion King. Yeah, and I almost feel like that's something as well that I'd be curious to get Miyazaki's thoughts on, like what he thinks about certain aspects or certain movies of his ever being discussed in that way of like, oh, let's make a live, live action, action version. Yeah, of that. And I'm sure he would probably bomb it in his mouth. Um, but at the same time, like. It, it, you know, I, I think letting go is a really hard thing to do. Yeah. And that's even explored. So yeah, absolutely. It's also one of those movies with I love the no marketing and nothing leading up to it, which is why I'm kind of being cryptic, I think, in how we even speak about it, because I do want people to just kind of experience it like we did. Yeah. Um, I, didn't, I, I didn't even watch the trailer when they released it the other day. I was like, I'm so close. I'm just going to wait. And I guess that's how Miyazaki intended the film to be watched is no publicity. Of course, G-Kids wouldn't go into it. Oh, that reminded me. Matt, when you when you said uh, G-Kids, I don't consider the label for, yeah. really for kids. You know, that's their that's name. Fair. It's just a, a strange name then. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's it, what it should be called. It's not really for kids, G-Kids. Right, yeah. They do release a lot of anime and other stuff that's not really for kids and other movies too. Right? Yeah, a lot of international films, yeah. not just Japanese, but like yeah, yeah. Mexican and uh, other nations as well. Yeah. yeah, that's a great point. I just think maybe in name you go. I think it's just that. I mean, I'm. It's, mis of, it's misleading because when you do see I'm, kids in the title and it's animated. That's I think my those point, two things but, come together, and and that's also what Guillermo del Toro has been talking yes, about. Yes, and like, that's last what year, I'm trying to get across. You know, yeah, exactly. where it's not a genre; it's a medium, and you know, it's it's animation it can be for children, but it's not just specifically for children. And even the movies that are made for children have value in terms of the creative aspect and the artistic style of, of how things are made and you know like we i was talking um this over the summer about you know the first slam dunk which is also two yeah. kids an amazing movie and yeah. so like to get a, a year where you get a, a miyazaki movie on top of you know the first slam dunk spider-verse doing so well pinocchio last year uh, Leica, you know, uh, uh, yeah. the new Makoto Shinkai came out earlier this yes, year. Yes, Suzume. Yeah. Suzume, yeah, like movies oh, yes, like that yeah. um, are all showing, I think, a new generation of filmmakers that are passionate about what they're doing, but also like not treating it as child's play. Yeah, because exactly. there are so many critics where they'll say it's like, oh, I have to watch a cartoon. I know, and I think that's what, not that I was saying that the movie needed to be for kids or anything like no. that. I think I watched a lot of Ghibli stuff when I was younger, and I obviously didn't grasp a lot of it, but I still think in this movie too, if I was a younger kid, there is like, if I was a young boy watching this movie, there's a lot of gross, weird kind of stuff in the movie too, whether it's the look of the, the heron or the, 
a fish gutting scene and, and like other, uh, you know, either pretty graphic scenes when it comes to some violence and other things like that, where I don't necessarily think it's for kids, but if I saw it as a younger kid, I still, I, I know I argued earlier, would they be bored? I think some kids would be, but I think some adults would be too. But like, I think there's enough in there that um, is definitely his worlds are so engaging and intriguing and beautiful that I feel like it is, you know, maybe on the older kid crowd, but I don't want to focus on that anyway, because to your point, it is a medium. It's not necessarily, I think you see G kids in the name and animated. You see people go, well, is this a kid's movie? And I guess I just wanted to address that, but I, uh, I don't think it is, but I think it's a good movie. I think I'm still one that I need to kind of like sit with. And I like your interpretation of it. And I like Max's as well, but like, I, I didn't love it. Um, I thought it was beautiful. Um, I thought it was a little hard to follow. I never got that analogy that you said. So when I'm watching it, I go, what is he trying to say here um and but like i said earlier i was just mesmerized by the whole thing and i would watch any beautifully 2d animated movie by miyazaki over most other things like even if i didn't completely vibe with the story um and i think i'm a big dummy too and this is controversial but i like the dubbed versions <laughs> of of the ghibli movies and most anime so like I, i'm sitting there going I, I it's obviously great in its original version i'm just like i'm kind of curious to watch uh the dubbed version because i'm a moron you want one where kevin like, james voices uh, uh the, the the yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly so um i definitely think it's worth a watch i think it's been worth the wait um i don't know if i absolutely fell in love with it but um definitely love both of your interpretation of the movie and i i definitely think it's worth seeing when it comes out on the big screen on like a big beautiful i'm kind of bummed we didn't see it on the imax screen because we were originally going to do it that way um but it was amazing to watch it with 1200 people at uh the princess of wales yesterday too so yeah i definitely think it's a worthy tiff opener i think it's probably the best opener they've had in quite some time score a hockey um, musical god damn it uh, um and i definitely think uh if you're even a little bit interested in it you should definitely as like a a skyjack drives by us so uh definitely think it's great i'm gonna give the, the movie, skyjack i'm gonna give the movie uh a three and a half right now out of five i liked it didn't love it uh but i think it's beautiful and i definitely think you should still go see it I give it four and a half out of five. Um, I, I don't know where exactly it fits on his career as of yet because I, I got to think about it for a while. But I still really love the movie, and I think the only film of his that I'm not the biggest fan of is Ponyo. Yeah, Max out of five, four out of five, four out of five from Max. And I will say too, I watched a lot of Ghibli when I was younger. Like I mentioned, I'm recently revisiting them all as an adult. So like, I'm in an interesting spot where I don't have. Like, I watched them all when I was younger, but I barely remember most of Do them. Do you guys so remember your like, first? Yeah. Totoro, I think, was mine. Yeah, Spirited Away was definitely mine. Okay. Mine was um, Kiki's Delivery Service because Teletoon would always play it. Oh, yeah? Uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. Um, well, I, I, I know for a lot of people, they was probably like Princess Mononoke because yeah. the... the the Weinsteins brought that over and like it had more of a widespread American release. Yeah, and that was also the film that a lot of people thought like after that came out that they wanted him to do a Legend of Zelda movie. Like, oh my that, god, I want that so bad. I still, even watching this last night, I still, I was like, god damn it, I wish that could happen, and, but I don't and, think And will. then for the dub versus sub yeah, argument, I know, always go that. with the sub. I know, I know. <laughs> but I know. Porco up. Rosso 
Michael oh, Keaton yeah, as the yeah. voice is incredible. Are you a subbed or dubbed guy? I'm a sub guy. I, I, I've been watching a lot of uh, My Neighbor Totoro lately, though, because of my daughter, and uh, she, she, can, she can't read yet, so <laughs> we're, we're, we're doing with the dubs, and we, uh, Totoro has uh, Elle Fanning and Dakota, Dakota Fanning as yeah. the sister, so that's kind of fun. Yeah, just watched Totoro the other no night. John Turturro, and, um, <laughs> no, John Totoro. My Neighbor John Totoro. Uh, I watched Castle in the Sky uh, last week and absolutely loved it. Um, I hadn't seen it again since, and I think just some of these hit way harder, um, now that I'm an adult and can kind of fully grasp them. So, um, anyways, I'll leave it at that. Uh, very good movie. I think you all should check it out. Uh, you probably won't be able to get a ticket for it for the rest of the festival, but it will be out soon. Has G kids said when they're releasing December it? 8th, December 8th. Thank you, Eric. Same day as the zone of interest. Uh, oh God, there's a, I'm well, not even gonna, things as well. I'm not even going to make a, a joke about that. Uh, Max, where can everyone find you? Uh, they can find me at my Substack and podcast. It's the pictures. Uh, come on down. You can see more TIFF uh, reviews and coverage there. And uh, yeah, great stuff. You Thanks guys also it. sometimes talk about football and Bruce Springsteen. I listened to the last episode, so Football's I was a little started, bit lost right? in the football thing. Like American football? Dan, yeah, Dr- yeah, Dan Marino uh, reference, but I, there was none. I think American football just started, right? Yeah, it did just start. Last night, they, they, they had... The Kansas City Chiefs versus the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, people love when we talk sports on the show. I'm wearing a Blue Jays. I'm wearing a Blue Jays hat right now. The Leafs start soon. The Toronto Maple Leafs start soon. When are so they going to lose, Matt? That. They're going to. I mean, they'll lose every year, but I mean, I'll be there. Uh, anyways, thank you all for listening uh, or not watching this because we're only doing audio versions. Uh, we'll have TIFF reviews throughout the entire festival, probably like one to three per day, right here on Untitled Movie Reviews. Um, so keep an eye out. We should have reviews for the, what are we else are we doing today? Uh, Anatomy of a Fall, Perfect Days, yes. uh, Zone of Interest. We'll have soon and tons of movies. Uh, so right here on Untitled Movie Reviews, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And you can follow me on all the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Birdie.